This episode is brought to you by Pitch DMN, the football fan app that gives fans a voice and allows you to rate your team, the players, and pick your formation and your squad in real time, every game, and compete with your mates. Have fun whilst generating a voice that will be listened to. Your club, your voice, be heard. Get it now on Google Play and download it on the Apple App Store. Hallo, Servus und herzlich willkommen bei The Kings of Europe Episode 11. Das hier ist die Deutschland-Episode unseres Podcasts. Es handelt sich heute alles um die Nationalmannschaft und beziehungsweise die Bundesliga. Yes, it is the Germany edition of the Kings of Europe podcast. This is the Kings of Europe Episode 11. This is the uh, Bundesliga edition. We're going to be talking everything about the uh, German Bundesliga as well as the German national team. This is a focus on German football in general, and this is going to be an, exa an examination and thorough inspection of what has been going on in the Bundesliga the last decade. Uh, really, more or less, it's declining Europe. It's becoming a one-team league, and obviously, with that one team, I'm talking about Bayern München, uh, they have absolutely dominated the league and have I've obviously had some excellent success in the UEFA Champions League, winning it once in 2013, going to numerous finals over the past decade, as well as three of the last four years they've been in the semifinals. So where are the rest of the teams, though? Where Where's uh, Schalke? Where's Dortmund? Where is Leverkusen, who appeared in the final back in 2002? A lot of these questions will be answered. We'll discuss thoroughly what is the future of the Bundesliga, where it's come from, where it is now, and where it will be going And we'll discuss a lot of the German players that make up the Nationalmannschaft, uh, a.k.a. the German national team. We'll look ahead for their World Cup appearance, what we can expect from them. Will they be the first team since 1962 to win back-to-back -back World Cups since Brazil did it back in the 60s? At this time, it's my great pleasure to welcome back to the podcast for the second time my good friend John coming to us tonight from just outside of Heidelberg, Germany, John, I know it's late over there. So, herzlich willkommen. Wie geht's dir? Und was geht so ab in Deutschland? Ach, mir geht's gut hier. Stimmt's ein bisschen. Aber ansonsten kann man sich nicht beklagen. Ähm, ja, alles super hier. Und drüben? Ja, bei uns geht's natürlich. Das Wetter ist ein bisschen. Äh, es regnet hier. Und äh, naja, die Stimmung ist ein bisschen. Äh, wie soll ich sagen? Grau. Aber wie die Wolken. <lacht> 
Aber naja, äh, die Sonne scheint morgen auch mal wieder. Ähm, aber, Entschuldigung für die Sprachwechslung, we'll go back to English. Uh, so, anyways, uh, yeah, I have John joining us from outside of Heidelberg. He's joining us, he's uh, uh, also our passionate Swansea, uh, uh, Swansea supporter who appeared on the show uh, talking about the Swans. And tonight he's going to join me in talking about basically everything, anything and everything German football. So, without further ado, uh, I've uh, putting down this Imperial Stout here. This is the uh, Westbrook uh, Westbrook Brewery right here in Charleston, South Carolina. Fantastic uh, Mexican cake. That's an Imperial. Uh, actually, it's it's an Imperial chocolate stout with uh, hints of jalapeno. The recipe changes every year, but it's delicious, and I, I cannot uh, recommend it enough. Also, very highly traded on some of the beer trading apps and uh, websites over here. So if you can get your hair, uh, hands on one of these things, it can go for upwards of two hundred dollars uh, for us. <laughs> but for us, in locally, it's only fourteen ninety nine. So, <laughs> uh, John, so let's talk about the Bundesliga. Um, this is a uh, this has been another season where, of course, uh, six time champions Bayern München have dominated, and really. Do we see an end in sight? Uh, it, it, it's, you know, 21 points. They won uh, over FT Schalke, uh, second place team, Meister, if you will. We just talked on the pre-show that um, they could have lost seven consecutive matches and Schalke could have won seven consecutive and they would have still been equal on points. If you're level on points with your second place team, second place club in the league, is that really a competition at that point? Is, is I mean, the the thing is that that this has kind of been happening for many years now. Uh, after Dortmund won back to back titles in, uh, from 2010 to 2012, Bayern really hit the the gas pedal, and instead of going through these cycles where we normally see Bayern dominate for three years and then they have kind of um, sort of a, a change in personnel, maybe they have to sell a player, they have to. Uh, uh, someone retires, uh, they go through one or two downward seasons. Uh, they haven't had that this time. It's just continued. It's progressed. It's, it's gone on and on and on. And they've retained their players, Lewandowski, uh, Arjen Robben, uh, Jerome Boateng, uh, uh, Frank Ribéry. They, these guys seemingly don't get older. They seemingly don't have any ambitions to go anywhere outside of the Bavarian capital city. So first and foremost, what are your thoughts on just having anyone, any club, it can be anybody, it can be uh, uh, Leverkusen, it can be Schalke, it can be Mönchengladbach, it can be Dortmund. Is there anyone that you can see in the next five years even remotely challenging Bayern as far as as, as the title concerns? Well, not as... Um, I, I'll, I'll do this real quick. Um, for me, competition atop the Bundesliga meaning like really atop the Bundesliga, competition about the first place, died the day Robert Lewandowski signed for Bavarian, for Bayern Munich. That was the day when real competition about the first place in the Bundesliga died. And it will stay dead um, for at least the next three, four years. That has several reasons for me. Mm-hmm. First of all, the transfer of Robert Lewandowski, one of the very few and maybe the only top striker in the Bundesliga, you can consider a five-star um, athlete, a five-star talented footballer. 
to Bayern Munich from their greatest rivals, Borussia Dortmund, or one of their greatest rivals. Um, that was the point where it all started going wrong from a um, from a competition standpoint. Because but the first time Bayern did not just um, did not just um, hugely um, um, weaken their competition, but also they um, got someone who would go on to dominate the um, the league um, for the next for the next couple of years. Only challenged by Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, who, as many of you know, um, was sold last winter to last winter to um, Arsenal. Um, this is one of the points that for me um, started um, bringing everything um, on the road for this pure streak of dominance for Bayern. The second thing is the simple um, fact that the Bayern ma- management um, around Uli Hoeneß is the only management in Germany that even that at least just a little bit tries to go with the time. And they are the only ones who understood that without paying the big bucks, nothing will, um, nothing will, um, they, they won't come even close to anything you can count internationally. And, um, that's simply something the bosses um, in Dortmund, Leverkusen, and Schalke did not understand. And sometimes I have the feeling they haven't understood it even now. You know, um, Dortmund is in a massive overhaul. Um, I would have said they wouldn't have sold Mkhitaryan, Gunwan, and Hummels in the same season. Um, they would have had a shot at challenging Bayern. But due to the fact that Hummels went to Bayern and Gundogan went into the Premier League as well as Mkhitaryan, Dortmund just got weakened and they didn't even attempt to replace those players with players who have their class or who are even close to their class. I mean, the, repla- the replacement for uh, Mats Hummels was Mark Bartra. No offense to Mark Bartra, but Mark Bartra is no Mats Hummels. The replacement for Ilkay Gundogan was... There was no fucking replacement for Ilkay Gundogan. <laughs> and the same for Mkhitaryan. And um, that's just like when you're, when you're concurrent, when the people you're playing against weaken themselves that massively, it is a fucking cakewalk to win this league for Bayern. So we talked about this also uh, since 2003... The Bundesliga has had eight semifinal appearances in the Champions League. Uh, yeah. In that same time, La Liga has had seven. Uh, excuse me, uh, La Liga has had nineteen. England has had seventeen, and Serie A has had eight. So, if you look at the comparisons, the Bundesliga has been is tied for third place, well behind their EPL and La Liga counterparts as far as semifinal appearances. But in in whole in that time, they are they have total Champions League appearances forty seven, followed by Serie A with uh, they're above them at forty eight, 
um, and the Premier League and the Liga both had 59 each. So obviously, a couple of years ago, Germany, their top tier was number two in the UEFA coefficient. Yes. They have now slipped to fourth. If we weren't the, under the new rule system that the top four leagues have four teams advance to the Champions League, no matter what, they advance directly into the group stage. If this were, for example, last season, Germany would be now in the position that Italy was in where they would have two teams directly advance with the third place team being in the qualification round. Um, you're starting to see a decline. And, and, and for as far as Europa League goes, no, Euro, no German team has won the Europa League since 1997. That was Schalke. The same season that Borussia Dortmund won the Champions League, 1997. So the Germans dominated in 1997, winning both European competitions. No German team has won a European competition since 1997. We are now well into the 21st century. Besides Bayern München, they won a Champions League in 2001. They won a Champions League in 2013 over Borussia Dortmund, which if they would have won, obviously would have been on the German side. So it took them till 2013 to get us our first German, all-German final in the Champions League. And since then, we have not come close to that again. There has uh, been a steady decline. Uh, internationally, Let's talk about this uh, as far as uh, uh, international goes. You know, Dortmund, for example, this year, they're consistently called the number two in Germany. And uh, they have the second most money. They have the second most uh, budget to, to buy players. They have uh, second most everything. Second, uh, since, it's, since it's become the Bundesliga proper, they have the second most titles behind Bayern. Um, so they are the number two as far as uh, pure stats and numbers go. But there's such a gap, though, John, between number one and number two. It, yes. it's, it's massive. And as you said, yeah. some of these players that were, that were bought, uh, Dortmund had a panic buy. And that summer, 2016, they rebought Mario Götze. They bought Andre Schule for a record amount of $30 million, which was a completely stupid, stupid, stupid buy and idiotic buy. He is nowhere near produced what they paid for him. Uh, Rafael Guerrero, Mark Batra, Emre, Emre Moore. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, most of those players, in fact, such as Emre Moore, are no longer with the team. Um, so if you're looking at it from an international standpoint, uh, Dortmund this season, two points in the Champions League group stage. The, the, the second-best German side, two, two points in the group stage. Two draws against Apur Nicosia from the island of Crete. Two losses to Tottenham Hotspur. Two losses to Real Madrid. And with two points, they were able to advance, in fact, to the Europa League because Nicosia, on goal difference, also with two points, thanks to their two draws against Dortmund, lost out. So what does... Does it, is it, does it require more spending? Is Dortmund... Schalke, are they going to have to start buying these 25, 30 million dollar players and, and, or 30 million euro players? And what's funny about that is I'm talking to you about 25 or 30 million euros. There's players that Southampton or Stoke who just got relegated or Nottingham Forest that can buy for 15 million pounds without any question. They are a championship side. 
Wolverhampton yeah. just coming up into the Premier League after a, a, a massively successful championship season. They can afford fifteen million pounds for a player. Schalke buys players for eight million. Uh, Vera Bremen, who used to be a perennial Champions League team in the in the Bundesliga, they buy players for three million, four million, five million. In Germany, they call this Fußball Romantica, but you and I both know that's bullshit. And today, it's yeah. it's a business, and that's business. And the only team that has really understood this is. Bayern Munich, but mm-hmm. uh, in the defense of Dortmund, um, no one knew that Schiller and Goetze wouldn't pan out that way. I mean, there were concerns, of course, but no one knew that they would fa- fail that much. And um, Do you think, though, that Goetze is a failure? Uh, because, honestly, under Peter Bosch, he was actually... Uh, uh, I could argue he was the best player on the pitch for Dortmund. It was really under Peter Stürger where he really struggled mightily. So I almost blame that on the system and the and the tactics of the manager yeah. as opposed to the player. Now, you're absolutely correct on Andre Schürrle. He's now played under Thomas Tuchel. He's played under Peter Bosch. He's played under Peter Stürger. And he, is, he has been able, uh, unsuccessful in all three attempts with each of those managers. Yeah. Goetze had, of course, the metabolic disorder under Tuchel. He came back very strong under Bosch. So I'm going to give him a pass. But you're absolutely right on Schürrle. Yeah. Also, another point you have to mention is that Dortmund just sealed a deal for Thomas Delaney from the De Bremen, mm-hmm. uh, which was actually bigger bucks than you would have expected. I think something around $25 million. Um, Of course, that's by no means... Um, in the region of uh, Kai Walker, 50 million transfer from Tottenham to Manchester right. City. But yeah. it is a small step in the right direction. The problem is German clubs are led like businesses. Dortmund is led like a well-functioning business. The problem is um, soccer clubs or football clubs mm-hmm. are not made for being a business originally. They are made for entertaining and for winning titles. And you have to spend money to win titles. And that is something no one knows and seems to know in Germany but Bayern Munich. And that separates them. Another important point is even when Dortmund brings up one of their gems of their famous young players who shine in the U19, U28 teams, um, even when they reach a high-profile talent from another club as Usman Dembele was or Emre Moore even, um, they cannot hold on to them. Um, the same with Schalke. Look at Goretzka and Max Meyer. Both of them now um, going to another club. Goretzka going to you would have guessed it by Munich. This is just, it It all comes together, you know. The incompetence of the management, um, it has of the management um, systems in the Bundesliga, the fact that Bayern Munich knows exactly what players they have to buy to stay unchallenged in the Bundesliga, and the fact that um, when Bayern doesn't get a good player, Another club gets them. Look at look at Granit Xhaka, at Jadon Shakiri. Mm-hmm. Those 
where players, those are world-class players. They used to play in Germany. Nowadays, if you look uh, across the rosters of German clubs, you'd see barely um, a player of the with the qualities of Granit. And you see a lot of players who have either high upside or are over their... Um, over the over the uh, Zenit, you say in German, yeah, um, yeah, or who are too old, if you want to say so, yeah, past um, their prime, past their prime, yeah, yeah, uh, past their prime, exactly. Um, outside of Bayern Munich, and then the last point that is very important, in my opinion, recent development of the Bundesliga is that German clubs, when they buy players. They don't look where they should look. If only one team in Germany, let's take Dortmund because I'm a Dortmund supporter, or maybe even Schalke, if only one of them would get their, sorry for the language, arses out of their ass and look into the Premier League and onto the clubs who were recently relegated from the Premier League. Um, Dortmund has a keeper problem. In my opinion, this is way worse than many people think. For me, Roman Berkey has nothing to search in a team that wants to compete in the highest European stage. Um, Dortmund signed Marvin Hitz from yeah. Augsburg. Hitz is no bad keeper, not by any means, but Hitz isn't better than Berkey. Now, guess what? Stoke got relegated from the Premier League this yeah. season. English national keeper who was in the race for the first place on the, the English national team this World Cup. Jeff Butler is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated keepers um, this planet has ever seen. And Jack Butler is, by in the mind of everyone who understands a little bit of fo football, better than Burkey and Hitz, way better. And he could be had. In the, re in the range of 20 million euros high. And people just, I don't know why German clubs don't see those struggling giants with those two, three, four star players who are going down the English league um, or even the Italian league. Um, they don't seem to see them. They don't seem to want to buy them. I would ask you. I would ask you this, John, because now the the transfer rumors are circling that Liverpool Liverpool are highly interested in Jadon Shakiri. Since you're talking about relegated yeah. Stoke, and that, yeah. why Shakiri is going to sit the bench, okay, in Liverpool, he's going to yeah. go to Liverpool to be a reserve to back up Salah, Mane. The wingers, basically, that uh, Liverpool yeah. has world class wingers, but he's. Why you could go to Dortmund and be a star? You could go to to Schalke and be a star. Why? Why yeah. would? But 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 there's no. There seems to be essentially no interest. And let's say, Jordan Shakiri has already played for two massive clubs in his career: Inter Milan and Bayern München. So he yeah. has experience in the Bundesliga. He's played there. I don't understand. If the, the the asking price for Jordan Shakiri right now is said to be rumored around twelve million pounds. That's yeah. something Dortmund can afford. That's something Schalke can afford. There's absolutely no reason why Leverkusen cannot buy him. And he could be a star. He could be someone that's in his... Tw he's 26 years old. He can take... A, he, based on the competition that's in Germany. So, it's yeah. he could take someone 
like a Leverkusen from fifth place to third place. He's a good player. He's not a bad player. He's a Swiss international. Yeah. And th- so why do you think it is that they don't, especially someone with who has Bundesliga experience, why would Dortmund, Schalke, Leverkusen, uh, Werder Bremen, uh, why would they not go after someone like that? I have, this is something I do not understand. The same with Lukas Fabianski, Polish national keeper, who is who was keeper for Swansea City, or still officially is. His asking price is around seven million. The dude made the most saves, I think, or the second most over the course of the season in the Premier League. In the Premier League, where strikers like Harry Kane and um, Romelu Lukaku run around. So this guy is fucking good. Yeah. And no one cares about him. And that is just something I think this is just in personal opinion. I cannot back this up with facts. But I think that German management simply don't want to look into the Premier League because they think their traditional football is better than those big businesses run by sheikhs, by um, oil um, oil giants from Saudi Arabia. They are simply too arrogant to go there and buy players. I mean, I understand that you cannot afford a Premier League starter in Arsenal or Tottenham every day in the likes of Dortmund or Schalke. But backups such as Shakiri, even Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain from Liverpool. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is too good to sit on the bench. Still, he will sit on the bench most of the time in Liverpool. He is such a good player, but no one in Germany seems to care about him. And um, those are just moves I do not understand. And those are things that have to be sorted out if the Bundesliga wants to become relevant again on an international level it really and, and and you just said it you said it perfectly if if it's a big if the bundesliga wants to become relevant on an international level because yeah. you have this uh this tradition uh you and i both having grown up in germany we we know that these uh people say yeah we're packing the stadion yeah we sound full ausverkauft i'm sorry i'm i just sorry uh we're sold out you know, Leverkusen's got 30,000 in the Bay Arena, and uh, Visa Stadion has 45,000 watching Werder Bremen play uh, FS, FSV Mainz. Um, but who, you know, the, for these German, uh, the, the football romantics, if you will, watching eighth place, if you will, I'm just giving you an example, eighth place Werder Bremen playing, you know, 13th place Mainz, uh, there, there's, there's, at some point, though, I think that it's going to catch up that, hey, England's pulling away from you. Spain is pulling away from you. Italy is, is, has reversed their fortunes out after Calciopoli, which was a disastrous event. This is basically match-fixing. Juventus yeah. and Fiorentina and AC Milan, match-fixing. And, and Serie A took 10 years, but they've recovered. They had the most exciting title race in all of Europe this past season. They were a great league. They had drama the last day between Inter and Lazio. It came down to the final match to see who was going to play in the Champions League. The, 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 the Bundesliga, the title race was done in fucking December. 
Let's be honest about it. It yes. was done in December. Right. But you have to admit that there's one thing that separates the Bundesliga from many other leagues. It is besides from the first place, shit was tight. And shit was really tight. And the I don't... Like, I wouldn't exactly say that the Bundesliga has lost all of its competition. No, they have only lost the competition for first place. Of course, that's just what everybody cares about. Everybody just cares about who comes first. But who becomes second, third, fourth, fifth? That's something that is totally open in Germany. And that makes the Bundesliga still one of the more exciting leagues to watch. In my opinion, I, I, I do agree with you on that point. I will absolutely say that you are 100% correct in that statement because you had second place Schalke with 63 points, and that second place was honestly still very much in doubt uh, with four, five, six match days to go. They really pulled away at the end because Dortmund could not sustain their form. Leverkusen dropped off after they lost to Dortmund 4 0. In Dortmund, they really had a struggle the last uh, part of the season. They also lost to Hanover. On, uh, they beat Hanover on the final match day, but not by enough goals. They needed a bigger goal uh, goal differential. Uh, then, of course, you had Hoffenheim, who came from basically eighth place out of nowhere to steal third place. It was an exciting final weekend from the aspect of who is going to play Europa League, who's going to play Champions League. But, yeah. uh, John, how, honestly... Do we expect Schalke to really make it out of the group stage in the Champions League? Is that roster deep enough? Dortmund, maybe yes, maybe yes. But let's and then Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim, if you think about this, they they have players on their roster. For example, uh, one of their best players was Mark Utz, so he's going now to Schalke. You have players uh, such as uh, Sebastian Rudi and Niklas Süle, who were very good. They went to Bayern München. What they have left on their roster, like Kevin Fultz and stuff like that, um, they had Serge Gnabry, who was a Bayern loan. So he's going back to Bayern. So another one of their best players. Do we honestly expect Hoffenheim, despite how good Julian Nagelsmann is as a, as a manager, to make it past the group stage? This only really hurts the Bundesliga even more in the eyes of the international or neutral football viewer because they see, oh, where's Hoffenheim from? Oh, the Bundesliga. Well, they have two points after six match days in the Champions League. Dortmund, maybe they get through the group stage, maybe not. We'll see. I, I, I do think with Lucien Favre, they've definitely increased their chances. I think he's an excellent manager, and I think he'll do well there. But Schalke, uh, Tedesco has to show me more than just one season. I'm not fully sold yet. I have to see a little bit of consistency. But they lost their two best, well... I will say they lost their best player in Leon Goretzka. Max Meyer was a good player. He wasn't their second best player. And they made some signings. They've got, you know, um, uh, uh, Hoffenheim's defender, Sané. He was uh, one of the best uh, defenders in the Bundesliga this past season. Best, uh, aerial, best aerial player as far as head balls and winning the ball through the air goes. He was top of the notch, top of the league. But is Schalke really, depending on, of course, what they who they draw... Are they really expected to go deep into the Champions League with the roster they have? Well, for me, there are two teams who have realistic chances of surviving their Champions League group without too much trouble if things go halfway their way. And that is Dortmund and Bayern Munich. 
and even Dortmund has a small question mark due to their problems um, in attack at the moment, that they have no real striker besides Alexander Isaac. But besides from them, aside from them, if you look at the other clubs, goodbye. Schalke made exactly the same mistake Dortmund did ago, even though they weren't that guilty, as guilty as Dortmund was, because they couldn't stop Goretzka and Meyer. Both of them decided to leave, and Schalke was not able to hold on to them. But till today, they are haven't made any approaches to replace both of them. And you don't easily replace a Leon Goretzka. You would, and I don't mean just his play, but his um, the way he behaves, the way he brings this team together. Leon Goretzka has the has a legitimate chance of becoming the next German superstar in my eyes. The next German Tony Cruz, the next one who can be the glue to a team, you know. Um, in Germany, we say Führungspersönlichkeit, the next leader. And you don't simply replace someone like that. Um, it takes a part of your identity with it. Now, if you look at Leverkusen or Hoffenheim, Hoffenheim simply was sold out. Hoffenheim has no chance to even make it um, to third place, I think, if they don't land in a group with a team that is absolutely <laughs> um, doomed from the beginning. Right. For me, Hoffenheim is one and done. Hoffenheim is simply done. Um, all, all kudos to Nagelsmann, but even he can't do gold out of shit, if you want so. <laughs> right. And, um, yeah, that, that's it, basically. Like, those were the three teams that before this the past season were seen as legit European forces in their leagues. And to be honest, all three of them failed. All three. And I don't care how, how far Bayern um, went last year. They didn't make it to the um, they didn't make it to the crucial point. And that's uh, for Bayern's um, for Bayern's self um, view and their self picture, that is just inexcusable. Same with Dortmund, same with Hoffenheim. Yeah, so let's talk about one thing that differentiates the Bundesliga, and this might be one of the main topics of the problem that we currently have in the league, why they are seemingly falling further and further behind the Premier League and La Liga, and now uh, apparently Serie A, as they have now distanced themselves in the UEFA coefficient, and why perhaps maybe the uh, Portuguese League and Ligue 1 from France are maybe gaining ground on the Bundesliga. They have this rule in Germany called the 50 plus 1, 50 plus 1 for uh, our English English fans. Um, we, you and I are well acquainted with this rule. Basically, it, it means that you can't have a foreign investor come in and, and, and have 51% of the club, which means that he or she controls completely every decision that yeah. goes on. So a, bet, a good example of this is, if you have in early 2000s, you have Chelsea, who is a middling, middle of the table, uh, kind of hanging around club in the Premier League. Abramovich comes in and buys them and makes them overnight into a Champions League team, makes them into a Premier League contender, 
has a Premier League title by 2005, wins the Champions League uh, a couple of years later, and same thing with Manchester City. Manchester City was facing relegation, relegation in the yeah. early 2000s. Now they will never see relegation again. They will be a top five, top four, top three side for the remainder of their existence in the Premier League Should, should uh, unless disaster happens. They have the best players. They have the highest budget. They have one of the best managers. So yeah. you have these two teams, Esther FC Nuremberg. Nuremberg is the eight-time German champions. They have not won a German championship since the 1960s, but they are what they call Traditionsverein. Same thing with Schalke. Schalke has finished second place many times in the Bundesliga, but they have never won a Bundesliga title under the name Bundesliga. They are, however, eight-time German champions. If you look at the discrepancy, Nuremberg and Schalke have the second most titles in German history behind Bayern. Bayern is going for almost 30 titles. No other German club even has 10. In every other league around the world, though, you have Liverpool who has 18. Manchester United has, uh, I think, 19. Uh, you know, you have uh, uh, Serie A, you have uh, Milan and Inter both have 18 or 19. Juventus has uh, just over 30. But again, you have some teams. There's more than there's multiple teams with double-digit title wins. Of course, in Spain, Barcelona, Madrid, both massively in double digits. You have such a discrepancy in Germany as far as the best team from the second best team, from the third best team. Yes. You have had powers in the past ten years. Ten years ago, Falfe Stuttgart were German champions. Where is Falfe Stuttgart now? They were relegated two years ago. They climbed their way back up through the second tier. They uh, finished in the top half of the table last season, but they're, they're basically, uh, uh, so to speak, recovering from uh, what was a, a disastrous five years after they won the Bundesliga. They, they had just an, uh, an amazingly bad run. You have title teams that have won multiple German championships, like Werder Bremen, who were in constant disarray in the mid-table, in the in relegation battles for the past two or three seasons. You have Kaiserslautern, who is uh, multiple-time German champions. They've now been relegated to the third league, third tier, Dritte Liga. You have Karlsruhe, who used to be a mainstay in the Europa League back in the 90s. That's where Oliver Kahn came from, Dritte Liga. They could not get... I mean, you all these... Um, so it, it, it almost lends to say that it's, it's this rule, this 50-plus-1 rule, which RB Leipzig are the team, mind you, that have gotten around this. They, they have found, figured out a clever way to get around it. And doesn't it seem appropriate that RB Leipzig has never finished below sixth place in any, any tier of German football they played in? They have now been in the Bundesliga for two seasons, and both seasons they qualified for Europe. Is, yes. does, the German, does, the, does the German Bundesliga need to get rid of the 50-plus-1 rule to become competitive again? Certainly. Certainly it plays a large role in that. Um, as we already said earlier, um, without investment, uh, without money flowing into the clubs, we won't be able to challenge the Premier League and the Spanish leagues um, consistently. For me, the ranking of European leagues is Premier League 1, um, then uh, Sp uh, Spanish League, uh, La Liga 2nd, um, um, Serie A um, third, Bundesliga fourth, 
and then the French ones. Um, it is just the problem is that's one of those of the problem in the mindset of the Germans that we always want to keep it tradi traditionally, you know, we always want to keep it like it ever as it ever was. Um, but that might be a romantic approach to the case, but um, that won't bring anybody forward and that will most likely um, seen as it in the long term, it will most likely ruin German top football. Even Bayern. Even Bayern. If Bayern doesn't I mean, you see it. Even Bayern couldn't do anything in Champions League this year if they don't start paying the big bucks bigger than they are paying now. If they don't start to set new um, levels in their investment, to reach new levels in their investment, the same thing will happen to them that is happening to Dortmund right now. So... Without the 50 plus 1 rule uh, being um, crushed and without investors with money coming in, they won't even have a chance to match anything um, that is close to the Premier League. Yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and I don't disagree with that. That's why I, mean, I, I, I wanted your opinion on that because it's such a hot topic. As yeah. far as 50 plus 1 goes, because you have, of course, Hanova, you have Martin Kent, who is, uh, you know, the, the, the main guy in charge of Hanova's Exonoinsich, and he is challenging the 50 plus 1 rule. He wants it to go away. Now, funny enough, uh, Bayern and their main man, Uri Hernes, who basically runs Bayern München, has said, he does not mind the 50 plus 1 rule going away. because, But that's easy for them to say because Bayern München is so far ahead of everyone else that it would take a decade or more for even someone to, to remotely catch up. In that same decade, of course, Bayern also is going to continue to move forward. So it's not like it's, it's, they're going to stop moving and everyone else is going to catch up. No, Bayern's also still going to move forward. The one thing, though, John, that Bayern has not done yet this is something that they even are going to have to get used to. And I've heard both Karl-Heinz Rummenigge and Uli Hoeneß say this. The 100 million euro transfer, yes. the Gareth Bale transfer, the Usman Dembele transfer, the Philip Coutinho transfer. Bayern München has fully realized that the market and the demand for players that have such high potential and such quality has driven the price of a transfer through the roof. For example... Currently, Mauro Icardi at Inter Milan, his buyout clause alone is 115 million euros. So, Bayern understand that they are going to have to start digging deeper. Their record transfer is Torizo from last season, and that wasn't even 50 million. That, that, that's, they're, they're getting players that literally a bargain. They're, they're, they're making smart business. Like with James Rodriguez, they basically get the loan from Real Madrid, then they get a, 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 the option to buy for 30-something. They sold Tony Kroos. Can you imagine they sold Tony Kroos for, what was it, like 30-something million euros? He would be worth 80 or 90 today. Uh, yeah. uh, Bayern, Bayern really got ripped off in that. But they have understood 
when, when John, when Bayern does make the one hundred million dollar tra- uh, the one hundred million euro transfer, how is Dortmund Schalke, who basically scrounge to get to twenty or twenty five million? At that point, is it is it just is it is it the league on where it's just Paris Saint Germain runs the route runs the the rules and everyone else is just chasing way 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 behind? I mean, is it is a lot? Is it a lost cause at that point when Bayern finally do decide to spend the money that they have? massive amounts of it's well you have to say that Schalke and Dortmund are two different pairs of shoes because Dortmund has the money Dortmund has the fucking money they just don't want to spend it Schalke doesn't have the money I mean where should that money come from who who did they sell in recent years that brought more than maybe 15 million bucks the only I person I can think of that they sold was, uh, and you would mention Leon Goretzka, who was. I don't fan- know the, I think fifty million was it fifty? No, no, no. Goretzka is leaving on a free. <laughs> but, yeah. but 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 you mentioned Goretzka and the other guy from that Knabenschmiede that you're you know the uh, famous uh, Schalke youth development system. We're forgetting about a guy who wears. The number seven for the German national team. He played at Schalke. He came up through Schalke. His name was Julian Draxler. Yes. They sold him for 30 million euros to VfL Wolfsburg, who then in turn sold him to Paris Saint-Germain. So uh, Schalke really, I think maybe Draxler is their most expensive player they've ever sold. And that was, yes. Draxler is well worth more than 30 million euros in today's market. So not yeah. only are the German teams not buying, they're also not selling smart, would you say? I mean, yeah. when you have this uh, type of talented player for that amount of money? I mean, no. For, for that amount of money, if you want to scratch a talented player, you have to be lucky, as Dortmund was with Dembele and um, Pulisic. Um, the problem is, Dortmund doesn't want to spend the money now. I don't know whether this will change this summer because they will have to invest into a new striker, for example. And all the options I I could think of are way, way more expensive than 50 million. But even Bayern, you know, um, I, I start over the recent years, I... Start get started getting the feeling that Bayern settled for international mediocrity, that they were simply content by dominating German football and gave less fucks about international football. And as long as this is not surpassed, this feeling, as long as the clubs are not run by people who are fans first and not businessmen, as long as this happens, um, there won't be an upward trend, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, so uh, since, since uh, 2000, uh, Bayer Leverkusen is one of the few sides that has actually made it to a Champions League final. In 2002, they made it to the Champions League final, losing narrowly. Other than that, it's always been Borussia Dortmund or Bayern München, really yeah. more Bayern München. So... It's the the world has changed in the grand scheme of things as far as it pertains to football since 2002. Yeah. That's now been 16 years. Back in those days, 
you could have Kaiserslautern or Stuttgart winning the league. Werder Bremen won the league in 2003. But now it, it's it, the, the, with, with big business and big money coming in, you have, as we said, the aforementioned Manchester City example, Chelsea, pa- uh, PSG, all of these clubs. Uh, I mean, even, even teams like Wolverhampton have investors behind them. You have uh, 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 tons of money flowing in. You have... Uh, yeah. uh, of of course, the Glazers with Manchester United. You have uh, Arsenal, Stan Kroenke. Uh, y- yeah, but y- most of them, you know, you have to separate between two different types of owners. They are owners who have that much money that they buy the club as a hobby, and those are the good ones because those are the ones who just have them. They they don't give a fuck whether they make um, profit or not. They just want to see their team winning. And then there are owners who come from rich businesses, but not that rich businesses, which means they feel the dollars. And those are the wrong ones. Those are the bad ones because they tend to turn the football club into a business. They are not fans first. They are businessmen first. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, is it going to take? Is is does it seem to you that the the Bundesliga is sort of stuck in the nineteen nineties or the early two thousands? Like they they yeah. were they they progressed just as much as any other league from say nineteen whatever. You can just name a. a, a so let's just talk about the year the Bundesliga was started, nineteen sixty two, sixty three. Everything was fine up until around. The turn of the century, you had a lot of uh, you had different champions. You had Werder Bremen, you had Hamburg, who's now relegated. By the way, six time, six time German champions Hamburg now relegated to the second tier, which is it's just it, this is the, you know uh, uh, this is an example again of these 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 German powerhouse clubs no longer being relevant, and it's it's it seems like maybe you've forgotten one team that we talk about having a chance to make it in this league and more specifically to make it on an international scale. And I go back to them. I've mentioned them once before. They have German international striker Timo Werner on their team, and that is RB Leipzig. RB Leipzig have found a loophole in the 50 plus one rule in that basically they have a very small board of directors, and every one of those board of directors is an employee for Red Bull, the massive soda company from Austria that owns RB Leipzig. So whenever they want something, the board votes unanimously, all seven of them, or I think it's 17, I think it's 17 board members actually, or 17 uh, Mitglieder, that's um, basically members, actual official members of RB Leipzig. And they vote unanimously in favor of, hey, do you want to buy uh, Jean-Kevin Augustin? Yes, we do. Okay, we're going to purchase him. Do you want to buy Timo Vienna from Falafi Stuttgart? Yes, we do. Okay, there is no debating there is no clamoring it is 100% whatever the club uh, uh, their ambitions are those uh, ambitions will be seen so does RB Leipzig despite the people hating them because they are not the German traditional club they came up the new school way if you will they had a lot of money they had a big uh, financial backing behind them, such as Red Bull, or with uh, Wolfsburg, this would be Volkswagen, or, uh, of course, with um, 
Uh, there's other there's other examples of that, of, of course, as well. For instance, a smaller example would be Ingolstadt. They had Audi behind them to a lesser extent, but uh, they, they, they did nonetheless. Is RB Leipzig ahead of the curve uh, in simply saying, fuck the 50 plus one rule, we're going to do it our way? They are. They are. They are the only ones doing it right from a development point of view. Of course, rules are there to be held, but... Um, um, for me, Leipzig were, are the only ones who got it. The only ones who understood what the case is. No one else did. And so I'm not angry at them for finding that loophole. Not at all. I I don't like Leipzig. I have to admit that. But that isn't because of how they are ran or who is their boss. Uh, it is different reasons. But they are the only ones who got it right in that point. Right. So it, it seems it seems because they honestly are only going to continue on an upward trend, and uh, I don't think Dortmund are going to go away. But I also don't think that Dortmund are, are are going to mount this this massive challenge because, like you said, they have the money. They do Dortmund. They are a rich club. Yeah. They are not poor. I know they had a bankruptcy scare in 2005, but they, they're long past that. They have, they have made European uh, Champions League, what is it, something like uh, uh, five of the last six seasons. They've qualified for Europe, I think, six, seven seasons in a row, ever since uh, the first title-winning season under Jurgen Klopp. So that's actually eight, eight years, eight years. They're, they have, they're in, in complete financial uh, excellence. They, 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 but they, they choose, like you said, to run themselves like a business. But the, the, the point is that basically it's going to take someone to come in and have a radical approach, that to not do things, as you said, we're Germans, we're prideful, you know, we like our uh, Bratwurst with the uh, Senf and, and with the, uh, you know, uh, Helles. That's what we like to, that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the meal of choice. Maybe a Brezen on the side, you know, a pretzel. And and that's what we like to drink at a uh, drink and eat at a fest, for example. That will never change. But in, in, yes. in, when everyone else around you, La Liga, EPL, uh, even to an extent League A, because PSG, uh, Lyon, the way they do things, uh, they're they, these these teams like Marseille. They've come. They've they've started to come back around again. Of course, you have uh, 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 the Serie A, which has made a massive comeback. When everyone around you is evolving. And adapting to change, and you're not. You are destined to be left behind. You have it's you know the old saying, it's Darwinism. Either evolve or become extinct. And I think it's it, it, we're at a point now where if the Bundesliga does not decide to evolve, they will become the next Dutch league. And I named the Dutch league because the Dutch league used to have a team called Ajax Amsterdam that won multiple. Champions Leagues, uh, or I will call them European Cups. They did win a Champions League in 1995 under that name. But they are multiple-time European Cup winners. PSV Eindhoven used to be a perennial European power. Feyenoord, uh, just uh, the list goes on and on and on. And the Eredivisie is now barely relevant when it comes to UEFA coefficient. They essentially... I believe the champions of the Eredivisie have to... St- the champions, mind you, I still think have to go through a qualification 
to get into the Champions League. They don't even have direct qualification, I don't think. I, I, I'm I, not I, sure. I think the champion is in, but the second one. The second one, cool. okay. So so it's, it's, it's really a shame what has happened to the Eredivisie in the last 20 years. And I, I really honestly fear that the Bundesliga could be next because of this 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 prideful mentality and this unwillingness it seems like to, to budge because if one thing I will say about Hans Joachim Batske for example who's the CEO of Dortmund he's a brilliant businessman and for that I give him full credit but my god when it comes to football you have to you 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 know uh you have to make these decisions with these players that not only makes sense for the club from a, a, yeah. a sporting sense of things, so on the pitch. Batske is playing Moneyball in a world where Moneyball doesn't work anymore. Right. It's that simple. You're absolutely correct. So basically what he means by Moneyball is the Billy Bean approach of the Oakland Athletics yeah. of Major League Baseball. Buy cheap. It's all about analytics and statistics. Uh, small ball, yep. if you will, and then those players will develop. But 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 Vatsky gets more of a high off of developing developing a player like a Mats Hummels from garbage into superstardom, and then selling him to Bayern, which is just makes me want to vomit for yep. a massive profit, rather than retaining that player to keep him in the black and yellow. And the same thing goes for Schalke. Schalke, you don't get off that, 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 that train. You're not innocent of that. You do the same thing. Leverkusen, you sell your players. You had Hakan Chonalolo. You sold him to AC Milan last season. You Wolfsburg had... and Gladbach, the same. Look at Gladbach. I brought up Granit Xhaka earlier. Um, yes, yes. so good when they had Xhaka. Now they sold Xhaka to Arsenal. Or they did it, I think, two or three years ago. Yes. And since then, they are literally irrelevant. And the same thing goes to Wolfsburg. Do you remember when Wolfsburg beat Bayern in the cup final of the, what was it? I think it was the cup final, the German cup final. Well, they beat, they beat, actually, they beat Dortmund in the cup final 3-1. to one, But, oh, they, but, yeah, they, but, but here's, the, here's the thing. They, had, yeah. they, they beat Bayern to start the Rückrunde. 4-1. Yeah, 4-1. It was with players like Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah. I mean, of course, Kevin De Bruyne wouldn't have spent all his career at a club like Wolfsburg, but he would have stayed a few more years if they would have just given him the bucks. Yeah, they would, and they and they had the money to do so. Wolfsburg is a team uh, that comes to mind. Of course, uh, Falafi Stuttgart has the Mercedes sponsorship, so Mercedes puts does put some money into that club. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful, John, that maybe Stuttgart can make a comeback. They looked very good last season, especially under a manager who, in Typhoon Koku, does not have the best reputation when it comes to winning yeah. winning matches in the Bundesliga. But Stuttgart beat the dog shit out of Bayern on the final match day, four to one yeah. at the Allianz Arena, and. Really, they got above 50 points, so things are looking upward there. But it's clubs that are coming up, such as Nuremberg. Nuremberg are the, the very definition of Traditionsverein. But it's, it's such a problem when the fans of Nuremberg are satisfied with saying, you know, I, I guess the day has come. We just have to be accepting the fact that we are a top 25 German club. You know, if we get to the Bundesliga, that's fine. If we get to the top tier, we spend maybe two, three years, and then we go back down to the second Bundesliga. It's not a problem. If you're okay with being relegated, that is a problem. 
that is a massive problem. If, and if you're a team like, you know, Etzke Big Aue or Kloita Fürth, that's not a problem. Look, there are certain fish in the pond that are only going to grow to be so big. But Nuremberg is, is the second winningest club in German history with Schalke. And neither one of them have won a title since the 1960s. And that, to me, is, is, is totally sad because those are the type of teams like an Arsenal, like a Manchester United, that they should be there. They should still be at the top. Those, uh, yes. And I'll, I'll name one more team, Eshte FC Köln. Cologne should absolutely oh, yeah. be a, a, a contender. And isn't it, you see the vulnerability, John, of Köln just one season after they gave everything they had to get into Europa League. It was the greatest joy. They had not been in European football for 25 years. You weren't even, you weren't even born yet, my friend. You were not even born yet the last time FC Köln played in a European story. competition. True story. And then look at what happened to them this season. Their only joy in the entire season was a 1-0 win against Arsenal in a meaningless game in the Europa League. And, and, and then they're relegated. Not only were they relegated, they were clearly 100%, undeniably, the worst team in the German top tier this season. Worse than Hamburg, much worse than Wolfsburg. And those are teams that should be up there. They should be contending for German titles. Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, uh, Hamburg, those are teams just piss poor management, piss poor business decisions. Uh, and I think that if you, I, I, it's, it's a gamble, surely, to get rid of 50 plus one. It is a gamble. But if you have someone to come in and take over Hamburg or take over a Nuremberg, or take over a, a team that, that, that's really on the brink. You know, like I said, uh, there's teams like Wolfsburg that get money from Volkswagen, or Stuttgart that gets the money from Mercedes. What if someone comes in and adds to that and says, hey, you know, Stuttgart's going to go out there, and they're not going to buy an over-the-hill, as you said, uh, past the Zenit, uh, past the prime of their career, uh, Mario Gomez. They're going to go buy a guy like Kylian Mbappe, for example. That, that yeah. the, big name players like that bring credibility to a league. You. Yeah, they bring credibility to a league. Why, you said the Premier League was the best league in the world and La Liga second and Italian third. That's because they have this, the, the best, the second best, and the third best players in the world playing for them. That's true. I couldn't have said it better. So, I mean, that it, it's a... It's, it's, uh, and, and, that, and that brings us to the final question on the Bundesliga. Has, has the league outside of Bayern, of course, Bayern is the exception, and I admit that. They are a well-run club with a lot of success, and they obviously know how to get things done in their own way. But has the rest of the league, and that goes from second place all the way down to the, the lowest team in the third league, the third tier, has the Bundesliga become a farm system for the Premier League and for other bigger leagues? I would love to say yes. Now, let me explain this sentence. The Bundesliga is worse because the Bundesliga once was a farm system. Now we don't even have the players to attract the smallest Premier League club. Who do you see playing in the Premier League for real? Give me one player outside Dortmund and Bayern. Just one. 
Ralph Fairman from Schalke. Anyone else? Well, there is. Uh, uh, there, so the only name that really comes to mind that it, it, so you said from Dortmund. So Mikel Mourinho is obviously from Dortmund. He went to Newcastle. So I take that back. True. But I was I going to say a very very untraditional, a very very untraditional player, John, was Pascal Gross. He went to Brighton, and that is a now that's going from one small minnow club to another small minnow club. But he actually stayed up with Brighton. Now Pascal Gross looks like a genius for leaving Ingolstadt and going to Brighton. True, true. But um, the Bundesliga is just, there are a few names, of course, um, swearing around the Bundesliga who might, could contribute under this and that. I'm thinking about players such as Vladimir Darida from Hertha mm. or Charles Aranguis, but those are no sure shots. The Bundesliga has no sure shots since Kevin De Bruyne and Granit Xhaka were sold to Premier League clubs. Outside of Bayern and Dortmund, Premier League gives a rat's ass about the Bundesliga. Same with other leagues. And that's why I would love to say we would be a farm system, but we simply ain't good enough for that. It's funny because yeah. the only other player that was that had that was drawing interest and Liverpool were interested in him at one point was Leon Goretzka, and that was Schalke. Which now you can yeah, say and he went to Bayern, right? Exactly. So so Schalke to a very lesser extent, but of course, and 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 I will say this: until he had a terrible Rückrunde. Leon Bailey from Leverkusen was drawing some interest, but now not so much because he really did not impress anyone in the uh, Rückrunde, the second half of the season. So he will remain at Leverkusen this summer. Of that, I'm almost 100% sure. So you're right. Outside of a Marco Reus or a Mario Götze or a Lewandowski or Thomas Müller, no one is drawing interest uh, from the major clubs, especially for the bit from the big clubs in. Uh, the Premier League other than from those clubs, uh, Bayern München and Borussia Dortmund. The exception of that, of course, was again Leroy Sané from Schalke. Who yeah, Manchester... but he is a talent that appears once in 10 years. Really. Like, you cannot take this as a um, standard, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, Schalke is producing him, though. So, I mean, I give them credit for at least bringing him up through the uh, the youth sure. system. But... but so does Dortmund, you know? Yeah, true. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's very true. So, do we see, in closing, because we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, Nationalmannschaft, the German national team here, to, to close out the show. But um, when, you, when you look at the Bundesliga over the next 10 years, do you... If, 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 if things stay as they are, honestly, realistically, I, I, and I'm being, you know, I'm not, I, I make no secret about it. I am a Borussia Dortmund supporter, and I'm not a Bayern München supporter in any way, shape, or form. But I have, to t- I have to say what I see, and the way that I see trends, and the way that I see money being spent, and people uh, or clubs, and, and leadership, especially in clubs, joining the 21st century, what apparently uh, Kim Jong-un wants to do. He wants to join the 21st century. That's good for him. Um, I don't see Bayern München not winning the next 10 championships, which would give them 16 in a row. And, and, and people can say, oh, that's bullshit. But tell me, who's going to challenge them? In the last six years, 
They've won every single title by double digit point margin. It has never been close. Yeah. So, where do you see the league in the next decade? Well, to be honest, I hate predictions, especially if they are about the future. But um, if it stays like this, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. No one will challenge Bayern. No one. If one thing changes, uh, which is Hans-Joachim Watzke retires or gets his um, head out of his ass. <laughs> so, then, so retirement will come first then. <laughs> Jimmy, I always, we, always, we talked about um, what we would do if we would sit at the Helm of Dortmund often, yeah. my friend. Sure, we have. Give us two fucking off-seasons and the money Dortmund has. And I'm telling you, we can challenge Bayern. We can. Because there's one thing that happens to Bayern that is not happening to Dortmund right now. Bayern is getting older. They are getting really older. Manuel Neuer is... 31, 32, I think? Yeah, 32. Jerome Boateng is 29. Several stars speak about leaving the club. Robert Lewandowski is 29. He wants to leave. Um, Thomas Müller... Also 29, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I think you're right. 28, 29. Yeah, yeah almost 30. 29. They all tend to become older and older. And in five years, half of this team won't play at Bayern anymore. And Bayern is on the decline. We don't see it yet. But the age of their protagonists is growing. There's only, there are only two players in this team that I can see realistically playing on the same level as they do now in five years. And that is David Alaba and Joshua Kimmich. Mm -hmm. If they don't change clubs, if they don't go to another club. So it's really hard. But I'd say if it stays like this, Bundesliga, you have no chance at least for the next five years. I think that maybe also we could add in there Kingsley Coman. Because oh, yes, I forgot about him. I'm he's, sorry. Yeah, he's another one that I could see absolutely uh, playing for, at a high level for Bayern for the next and half decade. And, of course, decade. Goretzka, who is coming. Yeah, but Goretzka, yes, yes, yes. Four players don't make a team. And, no, I don't think that Süle is someone who is capable of doing things the way Mats Hummels and Boateng is doing. And leave me alone with Rudy. Rudy would be perfectly... If, um, played in the right system, but Bayern is not the right system for Rudy, in my opinion. I, I well, he he was he he played well at the first at the first part of the season, and and it seemed that he uh, sort of de- declined as the year progressed, and and that that that's Ancelotti went. Yes, yes, uh, and that that was sort of the the undoing uh, for uh, Nicolas, uh, Sebastian Rudi. And so it, yeah. it really was weird that, you know, they uh, both the Hoffenheim players, they basically left at the same time. And Sule is, had the more successful season, but I think Rudi has the most upside, but he was more disappointing. So it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, Bayern, they, like with Joran Shakiri, who we mentioned earlier, 
and yeah. other uh, uh, and Renato Sanchez, who we also have talked about on this program because he played for your Swans this past season. They don't tend to hold <laughs> on. They they don't tend. Bayern does not tend to have too much patience with their players when they don't produce. They typically yeah. either loan them out or sell them uh, back very quickly. Yes. So, uh, I mean, it's just a matter of is is the rest. They are of the no league... development club. They are no club. This that's one of the reasons why the youth academy of Bayern Munich is not very successful, because they have no patience. They are no classical development um, club, and that is one of the few things Dortmund really has. Um, that separates them in a positive way from Bayern. Dortmund has patience and Dortmund trusts their scouting department and their youth players and that's something Bayern doesn't do. Not in the big big league um, but also not in the youth teams. Very true, very true. So we're going to have to see what happens with the Bundesliga. You and I, we love this league. We love our club. Uh, and and I, I, But I also, being from the state of Bavaria, I, I would love to see clubs like 1860 Munich, Erste FC Nürnberg. I would love to see teams, clubs like this, come back up and, and, and stay up. I, I would love to see some competition. I, I grew up in a time where 1860 Munich was the first Bundesliga team. And... and uh, when I turned uh, from my teens into my 20s, they were relegated, and, and they've been relegated ever since. They never made it back up into the, the, the top tier. So uh, I, I, I'm hopeful, but I, 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 it's, it's cautious optimism. Let's, let's put it like that. Yes. And that's going to do it for part one of the Kings of Europe, episode 11. So we've talked everything about the Bundesliga that you can, and we're going to see where things go for this league if things are going to progress, stay the same, or continue to decline. Only time will tell and only decisions made by the clubs we've spoken about, and of course the league as a whole has to change their mindset. But for now, as we said, this is it for part one. Part two, we will be talking exclusively about the German national team, this weekend, right before their match with Mexico, their World Cup opener on Sunday. So join us then for the Kings of Europe episode 11, part two of the Germany episode. Thanks everyone and have a good night. We'll see you then.